XPO Logistics is up 80% in the past year. There's been supply chain difficulty for businesses and those able to resolve the problem have been well rewarded for it. Now spinoff comes next. Joining us, the chief investment officer at GXO, the new entity to be spun off from XPO is Mark Manduka. Mark, welcome to the show. Congrats on the news. Thank you so much, Oliver. Really, really thrilled to be here. Thank you. So walk me through and our viewers exactly what this spinoff means. What's the difference in the business that'll be isolated in GXO versus what investors have been watching happen at XPO? Historically, XPO has been broken down into three core businesses, LTL, brokerage, and warehousing. And that third business, roughly around 40% of the revenues, is being spun out as of August 2nd. That's our plan. Okay. So... LTL, you mentioned that's less than truckload. Uh, we're talking brokerage, the other part, the delivery side and the warehousing. Is that more an e-commerce connection that GXO will be focused on? So warehousing, 900 warehouses, 100,000 teammates. That's the element that's being spun out of this business. If we focus on what's inside the warehouse. To your point in regards to e-commerce, it's one of our secular tailwinds. What we have specifically is e-commerce, outsourcing, and automation. Those are our three key tailwinds in this business. They are extremely nascent in nature, and they underpin a business that has extremely strong revenue growth, double-digit EBITDA growth, coupled with return on invested capital of 28%, and a great free cash flow, cash flow profile. This is a unique business in every sense. So now when we look at, say, the first uh, earnings report for this company, uh, I know that uh, we still got a little bit here going public GXO on August 2nd. Uh, but those three categories, is that how the revenue and the earnings on the bottom line would be broken down? We'll be able to see, okay, this part came from outsourcing, this part e-commerce. How are we going to be reading this company in terms of the source of the revenues going forward? But we're going to be very transparent, as you saw yesterday in our Investor Day by Vertical. We're going to highlight a business that has duration contracts, our average contracts run for mid-single-digit years, and they're only getting longer. We have a diversity of customer base, which is enviable across the market, the bluest of blue-chip customers. And we intend to grow in the verticals that we know best, as you rightly point out. E-commerce, which is growing, as we all know, at double-digit rates. And it's not just a post-pandemic growth. This, this isn't volumes being brought forward. This is a business that is underpinned by high-value-added services, such as reverse logistics. And we do it at GXO in a unique way. We drive savings through technology. And ultimately, our customers benefit from that. Now, for the recurring revenue in the contracts that you mentioned, multi-year, mid-single-digit contracts, how much of that was built up or added on finding new customers or extending uh, the uh, contract cycle over the past year and a half? I know there was a lot of demand. Maybe this is more for the outsourcing side of the business where there was clear need to make supply chains more efficient in every way possible, a huge amount of demand from the e-commerce side that boomed. What kind of growth did you see in that past year due to maybe some of these COVID-specific themes? You're totally right. The, the global pandemic has brought about significant buying pattern changes amongst consumers, and that in turn has log-jammed the entire system. Like I said, we focus on what's inside the warehouse, providing value to our customers with people who need complex supply chain solutions. When you think about our revenue growth, which is what your question alluded to, 
we're running about 8 to 12% revenue growth in 2022. That plays tenant to exactly what this business is. You have long-term visibility. In terms of the 8 to 12%, it's broken down into two buckets. One is the new customer element, and one is the existing customer element. It's roughly half-half in terms of mm. the growth contribution there. Okay, so we're looking at some of the B-roll and some of the footage. Uh, you know, just to put it very simply, like when we're imagining warehouses, everybody's first thought goes to Amazon, right? Do you supply tech to them? Do you have a relationship with the big uh, online e-commerce players in terms of the actual warehouses that all their stuff gets stored and shipped out of? Amazon's an amazing company, as you know, and they are one of our customers. Um, albeit in the relative terms of things, very small in nature because no single customer makes up more than 4% of our revenue. As I mentioned, our revenue is highly diverse. When it comes to thinking about the technology we provide, this can be anything from robotics through to cobots that work in our warehouses and drive efficiencies for our customers. And also going to proprietary software as part of our smart software, which saves five to 7% on average for our customers in terms of labor productivity savings. We have moved away from the Dickensian warehouse of old, which is focused on price and commoditization of offering, instead to a new high value added warehouse, the warehouse of the future, so to speak, which is driven by technology savings for our customers. And in so doing, provides a unique service for global customers everywhere and anywhere. When we're thinking as investors, Mark, about the stock when it goes public uh, on what drives the growth going forward, you've talked about a lot of that. Uh, I'm looking at the notes uh, from your company that you believe you could automate 95% of the world's warehouses. I'm not an expert in that realm, but a totally automated warehouse seems very reasonable to me. The number that I'm more curious about is it the opportunity to grab 80% of the retail market, e-commerce only at 20, is that a functioning part of the outlook for what we can expect for growth, the vision of 80% e-commerce uh, uh, dominance of the retail market? That's a pretty high number. That's, that's a really good point. So in terms of the secular tailwinds, e-commerce, automation and outsourcing, e-commerce, really yet to be penetrated. We've talked about it for so long, but it's still at that 20% level, a long runway still to go as we break into brick and mortar. When it comes to automation, you talked about automated warehouses at 95%, that's a huge number. It's in the context of currently being only at around 6% if you looked at the entire industry. And then of course, with outsourcing, the TAM, the total addressable market is significant. It's a $430 billion addressable market. We are barely an $8 billion revenue business and we are the largest pure play asset in the market. It shows you the ability to grow across the entire chain and thinking about us in regards to fragmentation. This is a hugely fragmented market in need of consolidation. Customers are coming to us for four reasons, scale, technology, because we have a good balance sheet and because we're global. And that all coalesces to one word, GXO. All right, well said, Mark, I like it. Looking forward to continuing this conversation. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Mark Van Duke is the Chief Investment Officer at GXO.